Welcome to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers, and we're talking today about what's coming down the pipe, what's happening today, and what you can do in your daily life that's regenerative. How can you make a difference? How can you partner with nature and use that permaculture insight to make your life better, to have that abundant future that we all want? And today, I'm talking to Kevin Muno of Ecology Artisans in San Diego, California. Kevin studied business in college, and then he played Division I baseball. So he's got that high-performance athletic and business perspective that is absolutely amazing, insightful, incredibly powerful. And his business, he has employees, he's grossing almost a million dollars a year, Things are going well, progressing, and ever increasing in the amount of people they help. They recently did Dr. Bronner's water management. They were harvesting water. They were purifying it and cleansing it as it came off their site with biological means. And it's also beautiful. So Kevin Muno's program, Kevin Muno's people, they're doing amazing, amazing things. And we're going to hear about it now. Let's dive in. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. A lot of people don't know the full story and the full real scope of the amount of work you're doing and not only in the world, but on yourself to scale up to do more. And I think that's get, that gets lost a lot, like personal development. And I think you're an excellent example of someone who is obviously a life learner, someone who invests and is committed to making themselves better every day. You were a business administration major, and then at some point, you got that spark for entrepreneurship. When, when did that happen? Oh, that's a good good question, Matt. Um, I'm not exactly sure, you know, when the 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 spark happened. I I guess you could say I've I've always had it. Um, I can remember one of my fifth grade teachers always telling me that I was gonna go out and start my own business someday and she saw me doing that and I was just like okay like yeah I have no idea what I'm gonna do you know but thank you kind of thing wow. um, but I was always I was always an athlete growing up and you talk about the personal development stuff so I I always were ha- have been you know deep into bettering myself not only as an athlete physically but also mentally and I was lucky to have a coach in college that was big into the mental side of sports and and baseball. And so I learned a lot about meditation and different, you know, things that really apply to the business world and have helped me further my career from, you know, from a from an entrepreneurial perspective. So that's been great to have that background and to to be able to, you know, organize teams and projects and things of that nature to um, to just accomplish what, what I want to accomplish and what our community wants to accomplish, which for us, uh, at ecology artisans is really, uh, revitalizing and regenerating our, our landscapes. And we're, we're starting to move more and more into a bunch of different types of landscapes. So traditionally over the past three or four years, we focus mostly on, uh, residential and commercial spaces. However, uh, with my, more recent experience in farming and agriculture we're starting to do a bit more agricultural consulting and farm planning and design and 
um, going through the the Rex training course again online for the second time, and my my teammates at Ecology Artisans and business partners are going to go through that with me. So we'll you know keep honing our skills on the larger landscapes and in agricultural production landscapes. So it's really exciting time for us right now. We're we're growing. Uh, we're about ten employees. Uh, we're probably not going to break a million this year, but we'll get close to it. Probably, you know, nine, nine fifty, something like that. So in our fourth full year of business, feel real, real confident in our trajectory and sort of the branding and everything that we've set up and just excited to, you know, keep growing that and, and keep dipping my toes in, in the agricultural side of things. And hopefully someday, you know, own, own my own piece of land. I, I did own a piece of land, but I sold it. But anyways, that's a long story that we can get into maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, to own land, especially when you want to start a business at the same time, because it's almost like they're they're both heavy investments. And a lot of people nowadays are, you know, just going for what's lean and quick. And that's why we have all these mobile operations like Joel Salad and Models one where He's, you know, he has everything on the back of a, of a truck and, you know, he drops it off and he can just pick it up and leave that day. Right. So th- those kind of models are really powerful, especially because it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty with uh, owning land and the cost of land and right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I think the lean way of farming is definitely a good way. Flexible, mobile. Um, but, yeah, you know, you just got to prioritize what you want to do and. Um, for me right now, that's, that's growing ecology artisans and our, our consulting contracting business. Right. And so they're in the business of transforming our landscapes and in a lot of ways it's transforming, uh, people's mindsets too. How does that play out with, with how you do this? Cause I know I've heard from a lot of designers where someone will say, Oh, I want this permaculture, but do this, do that, do that, do that, and then maybe do this right there, and then we can call it permaculture, and it's like, you know, so there's a lot of education that goes into actually doing these designs. So what kind of experience do you have with that? Uh, Definitely a lot of education, and and we've actually purposely taken the word, you know, permaculture out of of our marketing. We have it on our website, but our name is Ecology Artisans, and so we – we try to use words that people are a bit more familiar with. And obviously if they come to us specifically for permaculture, then we will use that lingo and that lexicon. But if they're just coming to us from a normal background and maybe they've heard about sustainability or drought tolerant, then we'll use that. So it's sort of, sort of a pull, pull marketing, you know, pull language conversation. If, we meet them where they're at and then we try to stretch things a bit from there and open their minds up to That's other really concepts. That's really important. In all educational settings, we must first speak the language and the modality of the student. And for me, when I started moving into business, it all that all that served me. Like my customer service extends directly out of my classroom you know, management and my, the way I I viewed my responsibility as a teacher. So that's, that's really awesome. What do you think needs to happen to move the ecology artisans into the next level to, to get our, our mainstream focus to shift to stuff like, like ecological restoration 
and business focused on regeneration because that's what I'm focused on too. And I think everyone in our audience is wondering how they can make the same leap that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, landscaping and home and garden is, is a really large industry. I don't know the exact figures, but I know it's in the billion dollars. And, and I know Eric Olson has that stat, stat at the top of his head. But, um, you know, people change their landscapes over every three or four years. And, mm. and there's so many companies out there that, that do landscaping. It's still ecological and permaculture-based landscaping is still such a small portion of the total market size. So there's so much more room to grow. Um, there could be, you know, 10 other contractors in San Diego County and there'd still be a small percentage of ecological based contractors. You are seeing some of the, the larger contractors though, however, switching, you know, to more drought tolerant. And so the, the competitive advantage, let's just say of, of more integrated design, you know, using earthworks, rainwater harvesting, gray water harvesting, the the plant palette and the the design on the planting side of things, I think is is starting to be more competitive. How, but you know, these these other more integrative design concepts are still pretty unique. So we try to lead with that, and we do a bunch of education, Matt. We do a permaculture design course every year through the nonprofit that we're affiliated with. And we're working on more short video content. You know, we're going to put a, a video out here in the next couple of days that definitely be be sure to share with the the audience um, on on stormwater management and the work we did at Dr. Bronner's headquarters. Oh wow! And yeah, it's really exciting. We we completed an install for them, um, our biggest one this year for their for their corporate headquarters, and it was great. And they're you know fully bought into to the design and to to everything that our company represented so it was a really great client to work with and we're going to do some promotion around that because the the city of vista was involved and you know there was a big ribbon cutting when we when we completed the landscape there's you know a bunch of policy folks there uh talking about the stormwater management system and how it was designed you know in partnership with the city of vista and followed their best management practices so we're really trying to engage with policy. We're really trying to engage uh, in education and spreading the word. And I, 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 I see us continuing to to sit there, to be heavier on the education and less on the scaling of the landscape. We could we could grow probably our company, you know, to 20, 30, 40 employees. There's definitely enough market size and we know how to grow strategically now with inside landscaping contracts. It's always a, a bit of a tricky proposition to, to grow a landscaping business because you're, you're contract to contract. So there's peaks and valleys, but we've kind of worked through some of those cycles now and we know how to strategically grow and we could grow, but I think where we would like to sit is, is heavier on that educational piece and value proposition because that's where the thought leadership comes in. That's where we believe our competitive advantage is, is we could, we, we could educate and spread the message a lot more to all the other landscapers in San Diego County and Southern California for that matter, much more quickly through, through education on, on online, through courses, what have you. So 
I think in the next few years, we're going to really try to focus our attention on that and still grow our landscaping business and be involved in design and construction. I think that's always going to be important for us to continue to refine our craft, but we'll be sort of less heavy, you know, less overhead if we can maintain our current trajectory of about 10 to 15 employees, maybe 20, um, grow the, grow the business a bit more, but then start to hopefully generate some revenue on the educational side of things. Just like you're starting to see some of these other, you know, landscaping businesses doing is replicating their model more through education rather than scaling the business. Yeah, that's absolutely critical. I think if we're going to really spread these models and see that change. At what point did you start hiring people? Because there are many people like me who is a solopreneur. I, I've started my company. I've got my, 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 my products rolling out. And now I'm reaching that critical, like, like that, that critical phase where I'm like, I could branch out now and risk. Or I could grow more and like dig deeper and work harder. And, but there's, like a, there's this critical like limit. There's a limit that you reach within yourself, within your time, within your family, and, yeah. and you have to branch out. So for me, for our audience, for anyone out there who's a solopreneur or wants to have this stepped out, right? They want to know what their next step is, even as they're starting out, which is really right. important. So what, right. what, what indicated that for you and what kind of wisdom do you have to share with us? I think what's really important is uh, looking at your cash flow statement. So you got to be able to project out, you know, what your revenues are that you're going to be bringing in, and then what what is it going to cost you to bring this extra person in? And if you can afford an extra four thousand a month, you know, five thousand a month to pay this person, and then grow their salary from there, uh, and your revenues are more than your expenses, then it makes sense for you to do that. So having a pretty detailed cash flow model we we have a really good one at ecology artisans and uh, we use it every day i mean i use it every day so i'm always in there looking at when our next checks are coming in what's our payroll looking like you know how how are our vendors um what what our bills look like for the next week and really at some point you just got to make a decision sometimes you need to go out and obtain outside financing to grow so we've gotten few different lines of credit available to us after we were in business for a few years that has allowed us to take on more payroll and that's been important for us because you're going to have cash flow gaps especially if you have a, a larger payroll and you need to be able to fill those gaps with some sort of financing mechanism so the line of credit for us was important from that perspective we could you know, sh shift that line of credit into our operating checking account, pay people, and then get paid by our customers, and then pay down our line of credit. And we're constantly doing that in our business because we're involved in contracting. So a lot of times you can't get paid high amounts up front. So you got to use your own means. And your own means mean either, either you have cash in the bank yourself, there's actually money sitting there, or you have credit. And if you got credit, then you use that credit. If you got the cash, use the cash. We're really start, starting to work towards trying to build up our cash reserves right now, especially with most likely an economic downturn, I think, coming within the next one to two years. I mean, we've been on an upward trend and a cycle for the past seven, eight years. 
So on average, recessions come every seven to eight years, and so we're kind of overdue for one. The stock market's overvalued. There's a lot of signs and trends that we're going to be approaching one. So we're really trying to stockpile cash right now, but it's hard. It's tough. You really got to run profitable jobs. You know, you got to run profitable courses for yourself, and you really got to build up that piggy bank before you grow. But I say that's a really important piece is to – to really model out your cash, be as detailed as you can financially with your chart of accounts and project out, you know, what, what the business, what, what are your major costs going to be and how, how can you project those out in the future? Then if you can afford somebody, great. If you can't, then maybe you get a little, you know, $25,000 royalty-based loan. Maybe you get a 50, you know, it all depends upon your business plan and your model, obviously. And when I was modeling out the cash flow for buying my 80 acres, you know, I didn't do a good enough job because I didn't have a lot of experience, but, you know, I did good enough and I was able to, you know, convince some investors to, to go into business with me. And then they were rewarded a year later because I was able to sell that land at a greater price and a greater value. So I paid all, all of my investors back and that was a happy story. But you really got to be detailed financially and I can't overemphasize that enough, Matt. Yeah, and I would echo that, you know, acquiring land is such a big deal that looking closely at it is really critical, especially right now with this economic downturn approaching. But I do think that it's always these economic downturns are oh, they wouldn't exist really, really unless they were uh, an opportunity for some people to to thrive. And so For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so well, what I think that folks need to do is realize the potential they have if they prepare. And I For think, sure. that, yeah. And I think yeah, that, Warren, Warren Buffett right now, you know, he's probably moving, you know, some, some of his assets into cash so that he can be, his whole strategy is called value investing. And he, he buys assets at a discount. And when you buy assets at a discount or businesses at a discount, it's very hard to fail because you're getting such a good deal and there's very little downside risk. So in a market like now, he sells high and buys low. I mean, that's the name of the game. But a lot of us don't have the capital to start to buy another business. I mean, that it's a good strategy in some ways is, you know, if you're a landscaper, you could potentially buy another business. I mean, you're essentially just buying cash flow and a name and maybe they got some maintenance contracts and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a good time, I think, to be looking at how can we position ourselves for this this next cycle and how can we be how can we be in a good position to be resilient. And I think the key as you as you said earlier is education. And that's why I I believe that so many of us right now are turning our hearts and minds towards educating as many people as possible. Uh, there's never been so much information freely and readily available to people to make their lives and, and the land around them better. So, yes. So I'm interested in, in the holistic management certificate. How did that help your business? Or did, was it stuff you already knew? Because I studied holistic management and I was like, well, this is what every good teacher knows. And, right. And this just applied to landscape management and all the details right. and particulars. And then yeah. as I like shared it with my dad and my brother who are their business folk and they, their response was like, well, yes. And then they repeated it in their own 
language. And I was like, right. oh, I now understand what you're saying. Right, <laughs> right. And right. it was this like moment. So how was holistic management for you as someone who is well-versed in business? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of common language there. I think what's unique to holistic management is it does take holes into account and it takes in the social, the ecological, and the economic. And so I think that's really important. And we, we do we do holistic context work within Ecology Artisans and the other businesses that I've started up. And I think that's it's important to take into account the decision makers, make sure you involve the wives in a lot of the meetings because we know that uh, they have a you know an inf- a large influence on what goes on in the household and business, especially if you're in business for yourself, is a part of that. So we need to you know make sure that they're there at the table. Um, I actually part- just signed a contract for getting uh, like high performance coaching, and I signed a contract stating that my my spouse supported me in this because they did That's not great. want anyone who wasn't supported by their spouse. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. They had that in the contract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. So this holistic concept, uh, did it, it was it a part of, of Ecology Artisans uh, implicitly, but then it became explicit after the training? Or were, were people already on top of this? No, it became more more involved after the training and after I took a few online courses and after I, I reviewed, you know, a lot of Javin Bernakovich's work and mm. a lot of other people who are doing, you know, holistic context work in our field, um, it, it's gotten more detailed as we as we review it each year as well. We come back to it and we try to apply the best thinking, you know, to it. But also keeping it simple because you can make a really detailed holistic context plan and then never come back to it, never use it. And so it's 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 crucial to have the the structure within your business to have those checkpoints and come back and review and okay is this still the same for us this year do we want to change anything okay no not okay great we're gonna have a poster we're gonna put it up in our office you're gonna see it every day this is what we're all about just keeps everybody on the same page everybody focused everybody knows what the vision is driving towards that every day have that at the top of your mind and just makes things so much more seamless. You come to work, you know what you're doing, you got your role, do it, work hard, you know, you get some really good work done that day and then you go home and you do it the next day and you just get into this really beautiful rhythm when things are clear and mapped out and that's that's how it's been for us lately. And so when you get in a rhythm like that, then you start feeling really excited about scaling. You're like, okay, well, now all this is is just doing it more. Like we have our process, we have our procedures down. We've got wrote our standard operating procedures. We're starting to film it. You know, now it's just adding people to the stack and really banging on that marketing, you know, and sales front and trying to drive the front of that pipeline so that you can build a pipeline and then build a team to go to go execute the pipeline. Yeah. Wow. So I'm just going to translate that for myself and for the listeners, but it seemed like you were saying that we need to, and that's what you're doing. And I feel like we need to, because it's so awesome. So I, I, and I'm going to put the, we need right in front. We need to streamline our repertoire and make sure our repertoire is increasingly adaptive and diversified 
because your example is awesome. It's like that whole saying that Javin says, you know, a big, wide open, diversified toolkit, you know? Right. Yeah. And you, you absolutely exemplify that. And I love the fact that when I brought up holistic management, you're like, yeah, well, after a few classes and, and you, made a, <laughs> you made a list of experiences, reflections, and training. And it really goes to show the listeners and everyone everywhere what it takes to arrive at that at, at a place where you're continuously growing right so right. do you have any you know keys to to mastery in the regenerative business space that you want to share with us um let's see well definitely focus on your process you know what what does it take to make money what does it take to accomplish your goals we worked uh, early on in our careers with with Lyft Economy, some consultants in in this space, out of um, out of Northern California and in the East Coast, and uh, Sean Barry and Aaron Axelrod, and they helped us get structured with sort of our different buckets of business. So at the top, we have our our strategy bucket, we have our operations bucket, we have our culture bucket, and we have our holistic context bucket. Those are really would drive a lot of the direction of our company. We spend about, you know, 10% of our time in that at any given month or any given day, really. Then in the middle is really the crucial part, especially for startups where you have um, your marketing or your sales or marketing sales. Those can kind of be interchanged depending upon the order and what you do. Then you have your delivery and your customer service. So for us, the delivery is actually doing our jobs, doing the design, spend a lot of time in that and then the follow-up the service hey how was our service did you like it did you enjoy it that's also a crucial part but the sales and marketing you're constantly always trying to do that and drive that so we spend about 80 percent of our time on those activities the sales the marketing the delivery and the service and then you have your admin side of things which is kind of at the base of the pyramid you have your it your hr your legal your facilities, your secretary stuff, all of that's the admin, the accounting, you know, getting that dialed in. So in any one day, I could be working on any one of those buckets, but being able to prioritize your time 80% on that middle portion, the sales, marketing, delivery, and service is crucial. And then you kind of get the other things done in time. So it's taken us four years to feel like we've got a pretty good foundation in all of them now. We have a pretty good sales and marketing strategy. We have a, a marketing calendar that we're starting to develop where we have scheduled posts and scheduled ideas that we want to accomplish and do to drive our pipeline, to drive sales leads and processes. We have a whole HR platform built up through Zenefit software where we've automated onboarding and offboarding and people's health insurance. We do offer health insurance to our employees, one of the only wow. uh, yeah, not too many landscaping companies do do that. Um, so we offer dental, vision, and health. Um, yeah, and we have a legal platform, right? Uh, called you know automated contracts, where we've finally gotten our contracts dialed in and cl specific clauses in there that have kind of caused us some issues in the past on repairs and maintenance. So just really a rigorous focus, I'd say, on each area of the business and make sure you know what each area of the business is and then just work towards continuous improvement. I've been, I've been really fascinated with lean business and six Sigma and five S and 
after reading, I think it's Ben Hartman's book, Lean Farming, I've been applying like principles of lean, not only to my farming career, but also to my business career. And there's some really great things in there. We use, you know, Gantt charts, for example, for our projects. So we'll have, we have a visual Gantt chart that I just put up in our office the other day where we have an actual bar, visual bar for each project that goes on and what specific day that it fills in the calendar. And so it's, those types of visual cues that are really just, you know, everybody knows what's going on within the business at any given day. And when you, when you know that you just, you show up to work and you're free. You don't have all these other things on your mind. You just, okay, I know I got to do this, 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 and this. And if I got some other free time, I could do this. And it just becomes this meditational experience where you're kind of just come to work and you got your things to do. And then you, you go home and, you spend time with your family and it becomes really enjoyable. So that's, you know, a long winded way of saying focus on each area of your business. You know, it takes time. We certainly didn't have the most bulletproof contract from the start. You know, when we were working, we certainly didn't have the best HR platforms and we made some mistakes. We went pretty heavy on some software applications that were way too robust for us, especially at where we're at in our cycle, you know, we use Salesforce and I was just, little bit too over engineered and so we pared that down now i feel like we got a, a good system of some simple spreadsheets some simple software applications that don't cost that much that are just really helping us repeat our business model that's i think that's another really important thing is do you have a repeatable business process okay you got a lead that comes in somebody handles it they enter the funnel you go out on a consultation you got the right people doing the consultation you convert them do the job, you do it on time, you manage your finances, your budget was a profitable good. Okay, then they enter the service pipeline. You're trying to get them on a maintenance contract. You know, it's a very repeatable process and everybody knows it in your business. And then it just becomes a matter of perfecting that and mastering it. That's superb. That's the first time I've heard someone apply conversion and funnel to a non digital context. And it was yeah. beautiful. That's Thank awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, this yeah. has been filled with gems, so much value. I really appreciate you coming on and you know, educating me and, and our audience. And I'm so excited to learn more and to see what you can teach us, you know, as we move forward with the Advanced Permaculture Student Online and with your yeah. own programs. I can't wait to check out what Ecology Artisans puts out as their educational platform. It's really exciting because everything you guys have done so far and your diverse team is very impressive and exciting and hopeful. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate all you do to move this movement forward and to bring passion and energy into it as well as a lot of professionalism and this type of education that you're doing, I think, is really going to help us bring this movement to the next level in terms of developing careers for people. And, and that's what we're about is, is bringing that professional approach, you know, the just building on the on the work of the people that have gone before us. And it's our responsibility to do that so we can you know, provide livelihoods for for people wanting to get into this work. And, you know, the more work that we do there, the, the better the better our plan is going to be. So thank you. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to all the, uh, all the other teachers and what they bring to the table and, uh, and, and all the future courses as well. Absolutely. Awesome.
Well, have a wonderful week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You too. Awesome. All right, cool. So that that was really good recording.